Hi, I'm Josh and welcome to the Wild Nature Photography Podcast, the podcast that talks the art and craft of nature photography. It is the 18th of September 2023 and this is podcast number 82 and this is going to be both an update from the field. I'm currently coming to you from northern Finland. I have just wrapped up my workshop up here for wolves bears and wolverines up here in the tiger forest in Finland. I wrapped that up yesterday and actually early this morning to be to be completely accurate and then uh, have driven up further north uh, with the participants to start the extension for that trip which is for both golden eagle and eagle owl and also many other small birds that uh, are arctic birds and subarctic birds that live up here species such as the Eurasian jay, the Siberian jay, uh, there are many woodpeckers up here, including the great spotted woodpecker and uh, many other fantastic birds as well. So we'll be kicking that off tomorrow. We arrived up here late this afternoon. Uh, it was a very pleasant day for a drive from uh, not far from uh, the small town of Kumo in Finland up to where we are now, about three and a half hours drive. So a little bit of an update on that. I'm going to come to the topic of the day in a minute. I'll just finish up on this. So um, first of all, uh, so how did the workshop for uh, go for the first part? It went extremely well, actually, although perhaps I should have more aptly called it the wild bears of the tiger forest because bears were in abundance this year. We had uh, brown bears every single day of the photo workshop. Uh, many days we had multiple bears. On At one stage we had five bears at the one time in front of the hides, so that was pretty fantastic. We had pretty good weather conditions as well. We had uh, some sun, some broken cloud. Uh, we had a little bit of rain the last couple of days, so a little bit of everything, uh, which always makes for a nice diverse portfolio of work as well. So it was pretty fantastic. The opportunities for the bears from ground level hides are really, they provide very unique photographs that uh, I think are extremely powerful. So it was great. Uh, it was a location I've been to many times and I've been coming to for years now and always look forward to going back to as well. Uh, this part of Finland is extremely beautiful. Uh, the forest up here, this tiger forest and boreal forest is just stunningly beautiful landscape to be, uh, to be photographing in. This time of the year, it's seasonal. It's uh, autumn at the moment. So, uh, the, the forest is ablaze with color, which makes it the best time to be here, really, uh, as well. I'm going to have a full written report on this trip, of course, once I get back to Australia, but that won't be until late October. So I wanted to do a bit more of a detailed update just on how it went and, um, what we saw and what we photographed. Uh, I've only, this morning, I only actually downloaded my images for the trip. Uh, I've had a very cursory look through. There's some images in there I'm very happy with of the bears from uh, from ground level. So I look forward to getting some of those processed when I, when I get home to Australia. But we're kicking off tomorrow up here, very early start tomorrow morning. We'll be up at five for a quick meal, some coffee, and then a short drive out to these new hides for Golden Eagle. So the idea here is we'll be getting ourselves situated in the hide before sunrise, so before 7 a.m., so that we are in position for the best light uh, when the uh, eagles hopefully will come, the golden eagles. But also there might be sparrowhawks around as well and potentially owl as well. There is a separate hide up here that we'll be using for eagle owls uh, just as the sun is setting. Whether we go there tomorrow or not, I'm not sure yet. That will depend a little bit on how long we spend in the hide tomorrow I think it'll be a full day affair tomorrow. We'll just have to wait and see uh, what wildlife comes and when. There's always the potential for bears, wolverine, wolves up here. You never really know what might come out of the forest. 
that's part of what makes it such fun and such enjoyable experience being a nature photographer up here in the, the northern part of Finland. I particularly love this time of the year. It's transitional at the moment, which means that we're going from uh, summer into autumn. Uh, autumn, of course, is very short up here in the north, but it means that the forest is ablaze with beautiful color at the moment. So this particular time, uh, it's probably right at its peak right at the moment. So the, the timing is really ideal for being up here at this time of the year. So the first group, obviously, we had a great trip and uh, we've now moved up here uh, to this new location and uh, looking forward to kicking off tomorrow. Almost everything I've been doing has been with the 600mm lens, not because uh, I needed it. A lot of the time I was able to shoot much shorter than that, could have got away with a, even a 24 to 70 with the bears at times. But uh, I personally love the telephoto compression of the 600, getting the bears up against the, the wall of the forest with the autumn color uh, and using compression to great effect uh, in the photograph. I think it works really, really well. So I shot almost exclusively with the 600 millimeter and often even with a 1.4 teleconverter actually, just because it provided the sort of look that I wanted in my photographs. But you could of course shoot a lot wider. And uh, most of the participants up here were shooting multiple cameras, one with a 600 millimeter uh, on lens on it, and then something shorter, like a 100 to 400 or 100 to 500 or something like that. So let's talk for a minute about um, the topic of the day. And the topic of the day has been something I've been thinking about for quite a while now, and that is how do you maximize your workshop investment, your photographic workshop investment? Because when you are traveling overseas, and let's assume it's an overseas workshop for the moment. It's a fairly sizable commitment, not just in terms of view of the cost of what the workshop might be to go somewhere around the world and photograph, but the travel costs that are associated with it, the equipment costs, and of course your time costs as well. So how do you take all of that, put it in a melting pot and maximize your investment uh, in the time that you're going to have in the field? And I think the first thing to say uh, on this at least from my perspective as a workshop leader and someone who's been doing this for well over a decade. In fact, it might even be two decades now, uh, but <laughs> no, it make me sound a bit older than I, I want it to, but that's probably closer to the truth. But anyway, how do you maximize your investment? And I think the first thing as a participant is do your research. Um, and what do I mean by that? I mean, what I'm saying is do the research into the location that you're going and then who you choose to go with. And this is not going to be a plug for my own workshops by any means. It's just meant to be some, some free and open advice on what to do to really get the best out of any workshop that you might attend. And the first thing is, I think, make sure your tour leader or your workshop leader has been to the location that you are going to before. It never ceases to amaze me how many people I talk to who've been on workshops and they tell me that the photographer that they were with had never been there before and didn't know where they should go or what time of the year they should be there or how things were going to operate, anything like that. And that's just a recipe for disappointment. So I think that's the first thing. It might sound obvious, but make sure that your tour leader has been to the location you are going before so that they know how to get the best out of it in the time that you're going to have available. That's really, really important. They, that's a little bit of research you can do to make sure that you give yourself a very good start. Uh, I think that's probably my first piece of advice on any photo workshop. Make sure your tour leader has been there before. Make sure they know the location. And then do a little bit of your own research into the location that you're going to as well. So try and find out a little, if it's wildlife or landscape, try and find out a little bit about the best time of the year to go there for whatever it is you might want to be photographing. It's no good going up to Finland where I am now in winter if 
your goal is brown bears because the brown bears will all be hibernating. Uh, you need to know what is the best time of the year to photograph the bears. Uh, it's probably now in autumn when the, the forest is at its peak in terms of color. So a little bit of research again on what it is you want to photograph. If you're going to Iceland, for example, to photograph landscapes and you had lunar landscapes in mind, then perhaps the best place to be going is somewhere like the highlands of Iceland. Now, the highlands of Iceland is really only open June, July, August, perhaps a little bit of September, so it's no good going in March or April, hoping to combine a Northern Lights trip with the interior of Iceland. So that sort of research, I think, can go a very, very long way to help not only set, but also maintain your expectations of what you're going to be able to achieve on the photo workshop that you're choosing. That's extremely important. Uh, Going into a location not knowing what to expect or not knowing uh, what your goal is, I think can be a recipe for disappointment, as can going in with too strong a preconception of what it is that you might be going to achieve as well. It's very important to try and go in with an open mind to any workshop as to what you might photograph. Um, For example, again, just taking my own workshop now as an example, coming up here with the idea that you're only going to photograph wolves when the bears are putting on a fantastic display and you choose not to photograph the bears might lead to disappointment in the long run. Better to take advantage of things that come your way uh, and keep an open mind in that regard, but also have some goals. Set some goals for yourself on what you want to achieve, be it landscape or wildlife and what those things might be. Uh, It's different for all of us. Some of us are happy to create just record shots shots of wildlife. Other people want something that is more uh, artistic Um, But again, if you have an expectation, you can communicate that to your workshop leader so that they can do their very best. Uh, A good example of this, I think, happened to me just three or four days ago. One of the participants up here said, you know, I really want to get some wide angle images of one of the bears. Uh, I created a setup for them where the bear could potentially approach quite close. They got incredible images and they were really, really grateful for it. And they're going to go away very, very happy. And that makes me happy as a workshop leader too, because I've done my job. I've helped meet their expectation. I've helped meet their goal for the trip. Uh, So communication here is the key. If you communicate well with your workshop leader, let them know what it is you want to get out of the trip. Uh, they can then help you get the most out of the trip as well. Um, I don't think it's a good idea to send your workshop leader an email two weeks, three weeks, three months later saying, I'm so disappointed because I didn't get X when you didn't choose to communicate that at the time. So it's a two-way street. Uh, And I think the communication needs to go both ways in that regard. The other thing that's really, really important and I've made quite a few notes on on, on this because I've been thinking about it for a long time, actually, on maximizing workshop investment. And I may not get to all of those points in this podcast, but I certainly cover some of them. I might do a follow-up podcast at a later date. But the other one is know your camera gear. Uh, and this is something I've talked about a lot before, but it's worth bringing up again. Don't put yourself in a position where you're going somewhere remote, uh, somewhere far away, somewhere expensive that's difficult to get to. Uh, with camera gear that you don't know how to use intimately. When you travel to a location to join a workshop, unless it's a very specific workshop that's going to be teaching you how to use your camera, so a very basic type of workshop, I think it's it, the onus is on you to make sure you know how to use your camera equipment in the field. Uh, at least to the extent where you can make a good photograph that's properly exposed. Uh, I don't think there's anything wrong with learning new things uh, about your camera gear on a trip. That's part of uh, going on any photo workshop. But it is important to at least have a very basic, competent understanding of your equipment. And the more 
so perhaps a better way to phrase this, the more competent you are with your equipment, the better chance you're going to give yourself of being able to make a great photograph. If you're on a ship-based expedition and you're fumbling with your gear and you're not sure what the settings are and the scenery is passing you by, you're going to miss photographs that other people who are more comfortable and, and uh, better at using their gear are going to get and that's going to end up in frustration. So my strong recommendation is know your camera gear. Don't go on a photo workshop with a brand new camera you've never used that you don't know how to use. Spend a bit of time with it. doesn't matter even if it's sitting in front of the TV at home. Uh, get to know the tool that you're going to be using in the field so that you can maximize again your time in the field because time in the field is expensive for everybody. And you want to make the most of it. You don't want to miss opportunities. Nobody does. So know how to use your camera gear is a, a big, big step in getting the most out of your workshop. Same applies to lenses, actually. It's a good idea not to travel on any photo workshop with a new lens that you haven't tested before and made sure works properly and doesn't have some sort of flaw from the factory because it does happen. I've seen brand new telephoto lenses that are not sharp, uh, expensive telephoto lenses because something was wrong from the factory and the lens wasn't tested. Uh, before it left home and once you're on location it's too late you can't get a replacement easily uh, and you need to look to perhaps another lens that you bought with you so testing your gear knowing your gear a very very important very important part i should say of getting the best out of your your photography workshop clothing of course is also extremely important when it comes to any photography workshop wherever it might be in the world Ask your leader before you go what sort of clothing is appropriate, what you, should you bring. Do you need waterproof boots? Do you need waterproof jacket, waterproof pants? How cold is it going to be? How hot is it going to be? Is coffee and tea supplied on location? Do you need to bring a thermos? Uh, is a headlamp necessary? These sorts of things. It should be in the documentation that's provided to you by your workshop leader. They should be telling you these things. But if they're not, you need to ask the question and say, what do I need to bring so that you're not left caught short in the field? Uh, if you're going on a workshop for Northern Lights, for example, uh, for the Aurora Borealis, you're going to need some sort of headlamp so that you can see what you're doing in the dark when you're setting up your camera on the tripod. Uh, so, But you might not think to bring that. So if you've got some documentation from your leader, uh, your workshop tool leader that says, hey, this is what you need to bring, you're less likely to leave it at home and, and more likely to have it with you. So I think that's also important. Don't be afraid to ask questions. There's when you're trying to get the most out of a workshop, there really is no such thing as a stupid question. Uh, I think it's stupid not to ask a question if you're not sure. It's far better to ask. Um, and even if it's a very obvious answer that perhaps you didn't know, that's okay. Uh, you'll know for the future that, yep, I need to pack that or I need to bring this. Things like gloves, for example. Um, when I'm telling people to bring gloves, I always recommend they bring a spare pair in case one set get, gets wet. Same applies for beanies and hats. It's a good idea to have a spare one with you if you're going somewhere cold. Uh, if you're going into a desert for some desert photography, is water going to be supplied? Do you need to carry your own? Do you need a water bottle? Um, sun hat, sunscreen, all these sorts of things. They're very easy to forget. So hopefully whatever workshop you're choosing or expedition or tour or whatever it might be we use those words very interchangeably these days even though there is a difference between them hopefully whichever one you're choosing the leader is providing you good documentation that says hey this is what you should bring with you uh, this is what you should expect on the trip and this is where you should set your expectations accordingly i do think it's very important and incumbent on the tour leader and let's just use the word tour for the moment, interchangeably with workshop and expedition. I do think it's incumbent on them to help set expectations for what is going to occur during the trip in terms of timing, knowing what time 
you need to be ready in the morning to go out on location uh, is important. You need to be given the time to get your gear ready, to get up, to have a coffee, a cup of tea and get ready. And then it's incumbent upon your leader to be ready when they say they'll be ready. Uh, it's That's something else that never ceases to amaze me when I've traveled with so many people over the years is they tell me they've traveled with somebody who said, be at this location at four o'clock and then that person never turned up at four o'clock. They turned up an hour later. That's just not fair on the participants. Uh, at all. Uh, tour leaders need to be on time, on location. If they say be ready at 7, the tour leader needs to be there at 10 to 7 waiting for you. Uh, if they're not, if they're there at 7.30, I don't think that's good enough. I think I think they need to be punctual, uh, even if all the participants are not punctual. And you should try and be punctual because being on a workshop of any kind, uh, a tour or class or whatever it might be, we are working as a team. Whether we're a small group of two or whether a group of 22 or 32 or even 52 or more, it doesn't matter. The point is we are working together as a team. And if you're consistently turning up 15, 20 minutes late to every meet, then you're keeping everybody waiting. And that isn't fair because everybody's time is equally valuable on a trip. So it's important that you do recognize that when you join any trip, tour, expedition, workshop, there's that interchangeable term again, that you operate, you are agreeing to operate as a team. Uh, you cannot operate as an individual. Uh, of course, you can have your own time, and we all take our own time when we're out photographing in the field. We get into our own headspace, and that's different. We get into our own little bubble when we're working on the tripod or when working in the hide or we're shooting landscape. That's totally okay. But when it comes to the timing, you just need to be aware of it. And if you're someone who forgets, hey, I need to be back at the vehicle at 8 o'clock, then just set yourself an alarm on your on your phone to allow yourself enough time to walk back to the vehicle to be there on time. So that, again, you just don't keep the group waiting. It's a, it's a, I think it's a common courtesy thing uh, that I think all of us owe our fellow participants, whether we're leaders or participants on a, on a workshop. I think that's extremely important uh, because operating as a team, if we operate as an effective team, everybody wins on a workshop. Uh, if we're not operating as an effective team, there's a problem and it needs to be dealt with so that the, in, the participants can operate well together. That's, uh, that's very important to the overall success as well. And participants very much can help each other. You know, if we help the team, we help each other and everybody wins as a result. Everybody gets better photographs. So that's also extremely important to maximizing your investment that you make uh, when you're choosing a workshop. So there are some many other aspects to this that we could probably discuss and I probably will do in subsequent podcasts. But I think the, the last one I want to just touch on uh, for now before I wrap this up is just about goal setting. And I did mention this a little bit earlier on in this podcast, but I want to just reiterate it and go over it a little bit more. And that is the importance of knowing what it is you want to achieve and that making sure that that achievement, that goal is realistic. Uh, it's no good setting yourself a goal that you want to get the perfect snow leopard shot in falling snow uh, on the very first time you go for the chance to photograph a snow leopard. Uh, of course, you might get that and get incredibly lucky, but you know, reality would suggest that it could take a hundred trips before you actually end up in that situation with such a rare animal. So having a realistic goal, I think is, is really important. And I'm big on goal setting for workshops because goal setting allows us to uh, to really come, if provided those goals are realistic, to really come away from the workshop having no knowing whether it was a success for you or not uh, and whether you want to do another one or not as well. I think that's also really important. Something I've learned a lot from participants over the years and why they've kept coming back with me on so many workshops is because 
I help them meet their goals. And again, this is not meant to be a plug for my own workshops in any way, shape or form. I just believe that goal setting and helping someone reach those goals is an extremely important part of the workshop and of the responsibility of the tour leader, as is managing expectations as well. It's all very, very important stuff. It's a great topic to talk about, I think, because there are so many photography workshop offerings on the market these days at vastly different prices to vastly different locations all around the world. And knowing what you want to achieve is a big part of getting the most out of it. But I think that's what that'll do for now. It's starting to get quite cold here in the in the forest. Uh, I'm just sitting outside. I, I came outside to, to record this podcast just because it was, it's nice to sit in the forest up here in Finland. It's beautiful. Uh, but it is getting a little bit cold. The sun is starting to set. And I do have a very early start tomorrow because I've told my group breakfast is at 5 a.m. and that we're going to be in the hides before 7 for sunrise. So it is time to go and get some gear ready and get organized. So we'll wrap it up there for now. I'm Josh. It has been the 18th of September 2023, podcast number 82. I look forward to seeing you out in the field, which tomorrow for me will be sitting in the hide hoping for golden eagles. Take care.